I am so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here for this extended interview with Natasha where she's going to share with us her experience living as a third culture kid. Hi Natasha, how are you? I'm good, how are you Debbie? I'm wonderful. I'm really excited to talk to you about this topic because it's something that is new to me. I don't think I've ever interviewed somebody who was a third culture kid before. But before we get to all of your tips, your experiences, uh, can you tell us about you and why you live an offbeat life? Yes, I am a travel content creator. I create YouTube videos, TikToks, all of that good stuff on travel. And I also teach others how to be a digital nomad, travel more, integrate it into their life, and also inspire women to take their solo trips. I just released my ebook on how to travel more for less, which has all of my tips. And I also create guides on becoming a digital nomad. Love that. And you're definitely an expert in this lifestyle because you have literally been doing this all of your life. And (laughs) that's why we're talking about you living as a third culture kid. So before we get to everything else, can you explain to us what that actually means? Yeah. So third culture kids are children who have grown up in countries different than their parents. I grew up in multiple countries, Australia, Canada, and the U.S., and other places in between. But many of them have grown up in international settings and just speak multiple languages. And we really don't have a home country then. Yeah. And that's really interesting, right? Because, you know, we we talked before we did this recording and I was telling you, I was like, oh my gosh, you're so interesting, Natasha, because I've interviewed parents of children where they would travel a lot and around with them, but I never really got the adult version of that child. You know, sometimes you would talk to that kid and they'd be like, yeah, it's great. But then we don't really go to like them as an adult and, you know, ask them like, hey, how was it really? How was your experience? Like, was it okay? (laughs) And I get to do that today. So my first question to you is, how was it really? Like, how was your experience like Natasha? Was it everything that we thought it would be for a kid? Because we we always think about like, yeah, it maybe it must be so nice for that kid because they get to travel, they get to have an education of the world and not just in a classroom. And we think about it in an adult's perspective. But what was it like for you that you can remember as a child? I think on paper, it is ideal. Like, you think they have all these different perspectives and they've learned so much and everything. But as your child going through it personally, it is 
so traumatic. It is hard on your body and your nervous system. Um, you kind of have an identity crisis your whole life. I didn't understand um, who I was or what I was my whole life because my mom is American, telling me I'm American, but I'm growing up in Australia. And my father's telling me I'm Indian, Pakistani, but I'm Canadian. And I'm like, but I don't only ever known Australia. And then when I moved away from Australia, I was thinking I'm Australian and it was, and I had no ties to that country anymore. And so it was really confusing for me growing up. I felt like I didn't fit in. It was hard for me to relate to other students. Um, not only because I didn't understand like what kind of nationality I had, but because my views on everything were so broad and different. And I had such a wide perspective. I could empathize with everyone. I was very adaptable. I've had four different accents in my life. I originally had an Australian accent and moved to Canadian and moved to so many different things, but I just kind of had this, this urge or ache to fit in. But at the same time, I never wanted to fit in because I knew that I kind of had something that most people couldn't relate to, if that makes sense. Yeah, that that absolutely makes sense. And it's, you know, and thinking about it as a child too, it's harder for you to express yourself. And obviously you don't have any say in what's going to happen in your life. You know, it's like you're in the hands, your life and what happens to, to you is in the hands of your parents. It's not like you're an adult and you could just go off and be like, hey, I want to stay here. I love it here. And I don't want to go with you. You really have no choice. For, for you, Natasha, like looking back at it, now. And if you had children of your own, and obviously you're, you are a, a traveler, you're still traveling for you and your personal experience. What do you feel would have been a more ideal situation for you? Because I don't know, did you guys stay in the place for a year or two, or was it just a few months? Because that's, that's really interesting. Right. And I feel like there should be studies about third culture kids and you know, what, what happens as, as adults for them? Yeah. Uh, we would stay in countries for, for years and then move abruptly. And so I did feel at home in a lot of these places and I still return. Like I grew up in Vancouver. I moved back there last year. And now when I travel, I'll move places for at least a few months, if not a year or two. But, um, I think if I were to have children, I would I would want them to also be third culture kids because your perspective when you grow up in that way is so different and and you're so much more resilient, I feel, because you're forced into different situations and you're forced to adapt and just kind of um, make it work at a young age and problem solve. So I would want them to grow up in that way, but I think a better way to make it happen would be to have multiple bases or multiple homes for them or kind of move between a few countries seasonally. Like I, I'm American, I live in Austin, but I'm also Canadian and I have ties to Vancouver. So it's like I could have a place there and have a place here. And there's so many opportunities um, to rent in different ways or to kind of move and move to different places. So I would, I would like to, um, 
make sure that they're exposed to a similar upbringing, but in a less traumatic and uh, abrupt way. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, right? Because one of the things that we, I mean, uh, for me, for myself, you know, remembering my childhood, like one of the things that you really cherish are your friendships. And if you're taken away from that and then you never see these people again, and, and I had mentioned this in our previous interview, like my husband was uh, similar to you, but they didn't move outside of the United States. They just moved um, all over the country. Um, and one of the things that he said to me that really, um, really stood out and still stays with me is like, what was the point of making friends if I'm just going to move after a year or two and never see these people again? And that really made him disconnect in terms of a lot of relationships that he had. And it definitely affected him as an adult. And like you, um, Natasha, he had to work through that. And you're right, like having those spaces, because at least you could come back and they could still have those friendships, right? And it's only like, even if it's a year, at least they know the environment that they're going to be coming back to. They have friendships that they had connected already. And it's not like they have to start all over again every single year or every other year or every two years or however many um, times you move around. Because that's, I think that's so important in the development of the child. And that will definitely stick with you as an adult. And, you know, we're talking right now with you and I talk to my husband. It definitely stands out um, those relationships that you create. Yeah. And going off of that, something that I've used as a tool um, throughout my life is social media. I know there's so many horrible things about social media, but I also love it for the reason that I stay connected with people and and kind of opposite to your husband. For me, I I always wanted to connect with people more because I moved so much and I have been able to create these really strong bonds with people all over the world that I, I still to this day can go meet them somewhere or text them out of nowhere and pick up where we left off, which I find so special. Um, some of my best friends are living on the other end of the world and I still feel connected to them every day, which is, which is really crazy to me that, I can do that. And a lot of it is because of social media and just sharing my life and them being able to share theirs as well. Yeah. And it's a great way for them to see what's happening with you too, right? And um, and that's one of the great things about social media is that we can connect with each other wherever we are around the world. You can show them where you are, whether it's like in a tropical place or in, I don't know, like a Norwegian cold country or something. Um, yeah. And I wish my husband had that when he was a kid because he had no social media then. That would have been awesome, I'm sure. But yeah, and it's interesting what happens, right? Every person has all of these different experiences and it can really change you in a lot of different ways. So for you, Natasha, how has this shaped your adulthood and, and your life living like this um, now and uh, thinking back and have you implemented anything or what changes have you made to make this more sustainable for you and something that's healthier for you as well? Yeah. Going into um, my later 20s, now I'm 26, I definitely have slowed down on quick travel and slow. I've embraced slow travel, balanced travel, and just integrating it into my lifestyle in a really sustainable way. 
Um, Um, I think it's so important. Travel is always going to be a part of my life, but there are so many different ways to experience it. I mean, I used to couch surf and backpack and do it on such a tight budget, which is kind of what I wrote my ebook on, on how you can integrate it into your life in different ways, because not only do you have, you don't always have to do it in that really tight, um, bootstrapping way, but you can also do it in a way where you're earning an income while you're traveling or you're becoming a digital nomad and really finding the dance between life and travel. And I think that is so key to find the dance between everything, you know, fun and fun and work or travel and work or personal life and everything. So I think integrating it and just, you know, figuring out what works for you through trial and error is, is super important. Absolutely. It's always that balance. Like we're always trying to balance things and that's really what life is about, right? It's balancing things in your life that are important or something that you need. Uh, I love that. So is there any, I guess, tips that you have for somebody who, um, you know, who want to either raise a third culture kid or they are a third culture kid and how to kind of navigate their way into this lifestyle? Yeah, I, I have so many tips. Oh my gosh. But I think it's important to just really sit with yourself and think about what kind of life do you want to live? Like what legacy do you want to live, leave behind? What are your values and what kind of career would make you happy and kind of make that your real like base and foundation I share all my tips on how to do that in my ebook. And also I have another guide called how to become a digital nomad. It's a 10 step guide on how to literally shift from living a sedentary corporate life into this. And a lot of the early tips in that are around mindset because it is really your mindset that is the catalyst for change and everything. And then if you're a third culture kid, I think just really sitting with yourself also and and remembering what your strengths are because there's so many benefits to having that upbringing um, on your perspective and everything. And you can use those as literal tools to build your career around. And that a lot of people don't have those unique, um, those unique qualities. So it's definitely uh, something that other companies are seeking out or you can um, build a lot of businesses around. I love that. And, you know, your perspective is so different in the, the digital nomadism world because you have been doing this your entire life and now it's just continuing on your own as an individual in this journey, whether you wanted, you know, in the beginning it wasn't a choice and now you made it into your lifestyle, which is so fascinating and interesting. And I am so grateful for you, um, Natasha, for sharing with us your journey. If our listeners want to learn more about you, where can they find you? I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. My Instagram and TikTok are both at the Natasha Ibrahim. My YouTube is Natasha Ibrahim and my website is natashaibrahim.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Natasha. We really appreciate you for sharing your journey with us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. 
I hope you enjoyed this extended interview with Natasha. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the full interview where she shares how she's been able to create a sustainable nomadic lifestyle. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Thanks for joining me on this extended interview. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We can also chat some more on Facebook at The OB Live. I'll talk to you soon.